This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Your discretion is advised. Savaged Unfiltered. Your host, Michael Gardner. today uh yes i uh there was a pause there and the reason why i did that i did that on purpose guys uh we're gonna be talking movies today uh we're gonna try to stay on movies i'm gonna do my best not to not to put in political viewpoints but i have to say guys uh there are two movies that i'm gonna be mentioned today that somewhat resemble politics but this episode is entirely different uh, so with that being said, guys, welcome to the show. This is Savage Unfiltered. Uh, joining me again, uh, once again here, a good friend of the show, uh, Joseph Leonard, guys. He was on the show yesterday. He's a good friend of the show. And, uh, you know, he started becoming a, a, a panelist, a regular here on the show. So we always welcome Joe back, Joseph back uh, to the show. He's the author of Terror Strikes Coming to a City Near You. Welcome to the show, Joseph. How are you doing? That was a phenomenal show we did yesterday. Uh, but we're going to be talking movies. <laughs> it's nice to be able to be part of a show, though, yeah, movies have politics in them, but we'll try not to dwell on that. It's nice to be part of something different. And like I teased yesterday when we kind of hinted at this show might being occurring, uh, I was kind of wham radio here in Ann Arbor's unofficial quasi-movie buff guy, uh, what I was calling to Linda Hughes, may she rest in peace, American Dream Show uh, at noon on Saturdays, and we discuss movies a lot, so it, it's fun, I really enjoy movies, and, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to have a break, to some degree, at least, from politics, and, and being a writer, you know, you have. We're on audio today, not video. So you have to set a mood when you're writing a book. So let let me set the mood and tell the audience how into this episode I am. I'm sitting here. I went through my closet and dug up my Beyond the Mask theater captain shirt. I was the theater captain for the Kendrick film Beyond the Mask which I highly recommend. And it, in part, is inspiration uh, for Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You, my book, because Beyond the Mask is historical fiction. We follow a criminal-turned-freedom fighter in the revolutionary days of our nation. So it's a great fact fiction blend like my book is. Uh, so I highly recommend that movie, and I really wanted to get into the mood of the episode today, so I dug up that shirt. <laughs> you know, yeah, Joseph, uh, you know, speaking of your book here, uh, you know, folks, uh, which I highly recommend you buy because it, 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 it touches just about everything, uh, not only our society, but, you know, Joseph made a point here. It, there is a small reference to that you know, to, 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 to a movie uh, in your book. And I, you know, I'm like, I had to remember, I'm like, there was that, there's a small reference to a movie in that book. I, I forgot, but uh, you know, Joseph, uh, Joe, Joseph was the one folks that actually um, in the beginning of yesterday's episode, for those who tuned in, 
uh, he actually uh, made an idea of doing something a little different here for the show. You know, let's let's get into a uh, you know a different concept, a different plot for the uh, for the show and, and and the panel. Let's talk about movies. Now, Joseph, did you want to talk about movies? Because I kind of got into something else uh, differently the day before with Branch Isle, or have you ever wanted to do uh, an episode on a podcast about movies? Oh, yeah. Like I said, being the, quote, unofficial Wham! Radio movie guy since Linda passed a few years back, uh, I still call in and we discuss movies occasionally on a couple of the other shows. But yeah, I missed that time that I was able to spend with her on air discussing movies. So uh, I I really love talking about movies. So yeah, I you know really wanted to be able to do this <laughs> this episode. And yeah, you mentioned in my book Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You. There's actually a couple movie references and. The main movie reference is The 13th Floor, which is my favorite film of all time, because to me, it's the perfect script. It comes from Roland Emmerich, who people will recognize the movies, the blockbusters, Stargate and Independence Day. And if you like Independence Day, you'll like his film from last year, Moonfall, which is a is by now. A huge problem is heading our way. An emergency meeting is being called at our usual place immediately. Three bagels. I've made a shocking discovery. I needed to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change. When you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. There's no need to panic. No crazy! Why are they lying about all this? It's too late to stop. You knew all this was happening before NASA. You're the unidentified source? Oh, yes. We're dealing with an intelligent entity. We're planning a mission to attack this thing. I'm asking you for your help. Say yes, Brian. I need you to be brave. If the moon really is what you think it is, suit up. You have got a big gravity wave coming your way. You have to launch now. Did he say gravity wave? Savaged Unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Roland Emmerich, uh, you know, one of my all-time favorite, uh, you know, uh, directors. And, um, you know, uh, he's a producer as well, too. Right, Joseph? Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, he's he's my all-time favorite when it comes to science, you know, sci-fi and action thriller and stuff. Those three movies that that 13th Floor, Stargate, and even Independence Day, you know, uh, he he actually shot Independence Day 2, a uh, 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 as well too and those four movies uh, literally hit the map uh on his uh directing role uh you know independence day i can remember uh you know when the, when the movie came out in the in the late 90s uh they built it up as uh as aliens were actually invading our planet and i mean i was i was like practically in high school then 
And, uh, you know, the, the movie scared the shit out of me. I'm like, oh, my God. Do <laughs> you remember that, Joseph, where, you know, the, the media put it into a, uh, a segment where they were saying, you know, uh, uh, we have a developing story and, you know, we're not sure what's going on. But there's entities coming into this world for the first time in our human existence. Existence. There we go. Put the words in my head. There we go. <laughs> you know, and I, it scared me. It really, it really did. Um, yeah, they used the Orson Welles War of the Worlds radio scare tactic. Yeah. Uh, they played on that, that people didn't know it was a radio show when War of the Worlds was first airing live as a radio play. And yeah, people joined it in progress and thought it was actual real news. So that's a historical piece that Roland Emmerich used as a marketing ploy to play off Independence Day. And like I say, if you like Independence Day, you'll love his latest called Moonfall. Has to do with aliens too. It's kind of like a, a an Independence Day uh, trilogy bookend, though it, it isn't a direct sequel. Uh, you know, wow, the 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 movie here, guys. Uh, you know, Moonfall, uh, Independence Day. It, it could also be like, uh, you know, maybe an Independence Day three. Uh, yeah. You, you, yeah, I, I see it that way too. Exactly, exactly, and you know, uh, the, the, and those are blockbuster films that millions, hundreds of millions of dollars are put into. And, you know, unfortunately, still the leftover uh, COVID paranoias, the Wuhan virus paranoia, Moonfall didn't do as well at the box office as Independence Day and Stargate did uh, that they expected it would. But I, I think it will do well on, on pay-per-views and rentals because, again, yeah, like you said, it's kind of like Independence Day 3, and uh, so it kind of sells itself once people understand, once they hear of the movie, and they're fond of the other ones, and they say, oh yeah, well, I definitely, oh, and I wanted to mention to, to the listeners, uh, let me interject this before I forget, maybe you want to pause the show here, get a piece of paper and something to write with, <laughs> So you can write down all these for later reference when you're streaming and, you know, you got some time to stream, look up one of these movies, especially movies that we may mention that you haven't seen uh, based on the recommendations of movies you have seen that we mentioned and you like, therefore you're likely to like the other one. Yeah, Joseph, you did mention yesterday in yesterday's show, uh, which Joseph actually opened up the show uh, somewhat before we started the topic yesterday um, with the deflection uh, from the radical left. Uh, I, a, a lot of great feedback coming on that show. Thank you very much to the listeners that tuned into that. Uh, Joseph actually opened up uh, one of his other favorite movies here with um, the song uh, Who's That Girl uh, from Madonna. Uh, and, you know, uh, we got that clip here for those who, uh, who missed that, guys. If, if, if anybody uh, uh, missed that clip, we're going to plug it in right here. Mackenzie, uh, you, yeah, thank you. 
Check this clip out, guys. But guys, joining us here on the panel here, once again, our good friend of the show and a good friend off the show here, uh, Joseph M. Leonard, the author of Terror Strikes Coming to a City Near You. Uh, welcome back to the uh, panel, Joseph. How are you doing this uh, this afternoon? Doing good, Michael. Thank you for having me back again. And uh, you mentioned Switzerland, and it brought to mind something odd. Uh, and, and like you said, you didn't talk politics the other day. Maybe one day we can have an episode on movies. But unfortunately, with Hollywood, it would go back to politics, too. But you reminded me when you said Switzerland of a movie back in the 80s. I'm not a huge Madonna fan. I mean, she was talented. But she had a movie in the 80s called Who's That Girl? Hilarious film. Oh, if you haven't seen it, you want to throw back a great, hilarious film. But she she plays a young con artist and in, she goes into a a gift shop, a, a jewelry store with. Uh, the now, the clip that we plugged in here with, uh, you know, who's that girl uh, from yesterday's show? Joseph, uh, you said that you weren't a big fan of Madonna. Uh, but you're a big fan of that movie, right? She played a con artist, right, in Switzerland? Yeah, well, it wasn't in Switzerland, but since you mentioned Switzerland, your Switzerland audience, there's a line in there about Swiss. Be yeah, I'm sorry. Your school, and it was the Swissest. She uses it as slang for a great place. You know, she she's trying to be hip and trendy because she just got out of prison. She doesn't know what's going on. So, yeah, we kind of stumbled across that because you mentioned Switzerland and that brought that to mind. And, you know, I think Madonna is a very talented person. Don't get me wrong. And she's got some great music uh, and not to delve into politics, though. But her papa don't preach about pro-life. She would never record today. In fact, probably if asked, would disown that song. But uh, that movie, Who's That Girl, is hilarious. She did a great job. I highly recommend that movie. As far as a comedy, it is fantastic. Yeah, Joseph, I thought it was uh, – <laughs> I have to make a correction. I, I didn't see the movie. I thought it was – I thought the scene was uh, portrayed in Switzerland. But, you know, I like I said, we're going to, uh, you know, Mackenzie and I, we're going to have to watch that that movie, uh, you know, somehow. I don't know. Is it on Hulu or Netflix? I, I, we'd have to check it out. I'm not sure. I've got it lying around here on VHS tape. But <laughs> oh, yeah. we Well, Joseph, you know, we're in the 21st century. No yeah. offense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, there's a there's another uh, another movie, uh, you know, you kind of referenced to me off the air that, you know, I'd like to get into uh, with uh, America. Right. Uh, image. Right. Or excuse me. Imagine. Imagine a world without her by Denise. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know who he is. He's he's a uh, he's a big time political figure. He's always uh, always uh, on social media with different types of political uh, segments that he adds on, you know, whatever platform. But um, he uh, see, I wasn't aware of that. He he directed that. Oh, Dinesh has got like a dozen documentaries, and unlike Michael Moron, as I call him, 
who does mockumentaries that are fake, full of garbage, you know, spins. Dinesh yeah. D'Souza is an immigrant to this country. And like we discussed the other day, immigrants are some of the greatest Americans because they escape shitholes. And yeah. they understand America is the shining city on the hill and the last bastion of freedom. If America goes, the world collapses. And yeah, he did America. Imagine a world without her. I think that is his most important piece he's ever done. And it delves into the, what if America weren't here? What if we were still British and French divided? Savage Unfiltered. Hey guys, this show is now on Amazon Music and Audible. That's right. Gonna want to check us out on Amazon Audible and Amazon Music. Great set of platforms. We are so honored and grateful to be part of the Amazon team. And we're honored that they are allowing us to be launched on those two major platforms. So thank you to our new friends here on Amazon Music and Audible. Important intellectual thought piece. And also I want to throw out Hillary's America, you know, because Hillary might still run again. And Hillary's America is not only about Hillary, but about the fascists and the Democrat Party. So those yeah. are the top two to see of Dinesh D'Souza's documentary. Yeah, I, um, I watched bits and pieces of it a little bit, actually. And, you know, it was... It, it kind of reminds me of that crap that they're airing out now, which I don't know if anybody's seen the, the latest Hunter movie, uh, Hunter Biden movie. That's that's actually out now. Uh, I heard it's doing pretty well at the box office. Um, it's have, have you seen that yet, uh, Joseph? No, I've not seen it. And I, I'm going to wait until I can see it stream free. I'm not going to pay for it. But it, it, it's certainly something important for independents who don't pay enough attention to the news and the whole Hunter Biden co laptop cover-up that they see it. But since we're kind of on politics and uh, Dinesh's America, Imagine a World Without Her, another one of my favorite films. It's a classic. It's also a comedy, but with very important political undertones from Zemeckis. The guy who brought us the airplane films, and oh yeah, yeah, with uh, Leslie Nielsen, right? Yes, this film also has Leslie Nielsen, Robert Dalvey, uh, Kelsey Grammer, a whole bunch of American patriots, Trey, uh, Trace Atkins. It's called an American Carol, based on a twist of a Christmas Carol, an American yeah. Carol is about a Michael Moron type hate America mockumentary maker who hates America, hates the 4th of July, wants to abolish the 4th of July. And three ghosts, including the ghost of George Washington, visit upon him to show him the errors of his ways. It is an American carol. I watch it every 4th of July. Just like 9-11, I watch certain documentaries to take myself back to that time. 
I watch an American Carol every, every 4th of July. It's a must-see movie for patriots. And it involves terrorism, too. So there's kind yeah. of go back to terror strikes coming to a city near you in that movie, too. <laughs> yeah, Joseph, Joseph, I wasn't aware of that, uh, of that, of that movie, um, that Leslie Nielsen was in. Um, I mean, obviously, we know who Leslie Nielsen is, folks. He's he's known for his many, many movies of uh, Naked Gun, right? With, uh, yep. you know, Priscilla Presley's in it and, you know, a few others. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wasn't aware of, and then you mentioned uh, Airplane, which is, you know, one of my, one of my all-time favorites, you know. All, with that. all of those, the, the entire... I, I, yeah, is it a trilogy <laughs> or is there four of them? But all of those are fantastic. What which one? The uh the 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 naked gun, right? Uh, all the airplanes and all the naked guns. They are oh, they are hilarious. Well, well naked gun kind of humor, the kind of off tongue and cheek puns, the don't call me Shirley yeah. jokes. I love yeah. You about to say that hold on joseph uh you know joseph's fired up guys uh, but you know um, the the naked gun you know for those who are not aware of naked gun that was like almost like a uh like a spin-off of uh, uh you could say almost like a a, pra a, a, a parody of uh of of lethal weapon you know yeah, remember the weapon movies yeah and the old black and white dragnet series and people, if you don't know, because Naked Gun series is old now, it had O.J. Simpson in the movie, too. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, O.J. Simpson was in that movie, um, which um, I don't think he'll ever do another movie, you know, since we're on O.J. Simpson. But, I mean, this is obviously before the whole, you know, O.J. thing and, you know, Nicole Simpson and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of people like OJ was in a movie. Of course he was. He was in a lot of Naked Gun movies with uh, Leslie Nielsen. I mean, that was his like uh, his partner in the movie. The You know, he was a cop, you know. And, you know, there's a, there was a lot of great movies, uh, you know, over the years. Uh, Joseph, I want to get into some of my movies, if you don't mind. Um, now, yesterday, folks, I, I did mention uh, in yesterday's show, if you guys tuned into that, uh, I did mention one of my favorite movies, okay, was Air Force One with Harrison Ford. Okay, now, folks, this movie, I, I, I got to say, the reason why I like it, it's filled with suspense, action, thriller. Uh, it, it's it, it's intended to, like, pretty much, you know, um, wonder, like, what the hell is going to happen? You know, you got Harrison Ford playing the president of the United States. A lot of great uh, actors and actresses were were in it, um, and you know, just to give you a short little plot of the of the movie, uh, you know, Harrison Ford is on Air Force One, okay, and they're traveling, you know, through the air, obviously, okay, and later in the movie, later in the film, the president finds out that the actual camera crew. Uh, are uh, basically Russian uh, Middle East terrorists, okay? And he literally has to save his administration, uh, which he tries so hard. And there's a few uh, parts of the administration in the cabinet that actually dies in the movie, okay? And it's sad, but, you know, Harrison Ford uh, literally becomes the, the muscle man, so to speak, Joseph, uh, of his administration, of his cabinet. 
And, you know, if you watch the entire movie, these these Russian terrorists are like, you know, who the hell is killing all these people? You know, who the hell is it? this man? You know, and, and they, they would never think the thought it was the actual president, because if you look at the movie, the president was shown escaping uh, in the pod. Right. And yeah. he was down in the in the bunker uh, in, in the storage uh, part of the Air Force One uh, part of the plane the whole time. I love this movie. Uh, I know you've watched this movie too. What's oh, your favorite yeah. part? I, I've seen that movie many times. That is a great movie. It's one of Harrison Ford's best, and it, it is. Uh, it takes a great talent to write a script in a confined space like that. You have an action movie taking place on a plane that seems inconceivable. But yet they pull it off, just like M. Night Shyamalan has one that takes place in an elevator. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, how many camera angles and how great does the acting have to be for something that takes place in such a confined space like Air Force One does takes place on the president tonight i come to you with a pledge to change america's policy atrocity and terror are not political weapons and to those who would use them your day is over in a speech tonight in moscow the president issued a direct challenge to terrorist nations but the around question the world. remains what are the risks involved in such a bold policy initiative they hated your speech didn't they we're afraid we wanted the guts to back it up air force one clear for takeoff thank you for your hospitality moscow the president's plane, Air Force One, has been hijacked. What do they want? They want General Raddick released from prison. I will execute the hostage every half an hour. What are our airborne scenarios? One thing, Joseph, like we got to go back to when this film was uh, shot, folks. This was shot like in in uh, towards the mid to the late 90s uh, where CGI was literally just taking its 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 route, so to speak, in the Hollywood industry. Uh, this film literally won uh, special effect awards. Um, it, it won uh, uh, special screenplay awards, Emmys, Grammys, everything. Uh, Harrison Ford literally. A lot of people are like, you know, this movie pretty much put Harrison Ford on the map when it came to Hollywood. Yes and no. The yes part for uh, action and suspense and a little bit of drama, yes. But I want to go back to his original movies with the Indiana Jones, right? Those were the movies that put Harrison Ford on the map, I think, and his respected uh, platform. Yeah, of the Hollywood and, and there's a Michigan connection since I'm from Michigan in the Air Force One film. I don't remember if he's. They specifically state he was elected as as a person from Michigan to be president, like Gerald R. Ford never was elected but was elevated. But Gerald R. Ford was from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and became president. In the movie, he's watching a uni University of Michigan college football game while on Air Force One. So there's that connection. But you mentioned Indiana Jones, and I want to throw back to Beyond the Mask, because that uh, stars John 
Rise Davies, who people will remember most from the Lord of the Rings, but he was also in Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford. So I kind of have a throwback connection. Uh, our, our films are kind of crossing over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's okay. We all have different uh, interests, right, Joseph? I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, but tremendous movie, you know. Uh, do you think that, do you see possibly them making another Air Force One movie? Or is it way too late? Yeah, I think it's way too late now. And and the specter of uh, with the modern threat of terrorism, which obviously I deal with in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, they, I, I think the subject would just be too touchy to dwell on. And I don't know what much different they could do with the film, you know, to to be uh, to make it worthwhile to try to sell people a new version of it, a reboot of it. Than although reboots are successful these days, I mean they well, could they might be able to do a remake with almost the same script and get away with it. Well, look at look at look what happened. You said you it, it may be too touching. Look, uh, if everybody paid attention to a similar movie, um, the uh, what the hell was it? Uh, it was with um, it was with Clive Owen, actually, um, which I'm going to bring up. Uh, I just gave a quick little spoiler here on my own show. Uh, I've been doing that lately. I'm sorry, folks. It's just I don't mean to do it. It comes to me. But hey, you uh, got to tease the audience to keep them tuned in. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Joseph. You're right. Uh, we should make you editor or producer here. Uh, you know, <laughs> Mackenzie, you're supposed to be like putting the buzzer on me. What the hell's going on, Hen? You know, you're, you're failing. But Joseph, did you? Yeah, did you? Uh, did you see that latest movie with Clive Owen? You said it was. It would be a touching type of uh, sentiment or or part to add in another part, maybe possibly Air Force One too. But they did something similar with Clive Owen as a um, – he was a Secret Service agent, and they made two movies. It was the um, Olympus Has Fallen, and then they made another one with London Has Fallen. Did you – are you – do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and those might even be Roland Emmerich films. I'm not sure. I don't – you know, don't hold me to that. But, yeah, Olympus – Gerard Butler is in those also, right? Uh, Olympus yeah. has fallen and, and London has fallen. Yes. Again, well, those the, are Emmerich-style, over-the-top things. Yeah, and the, the, again, yeah, those deal with the touchy subject of terrorism. Yeah, they came out right around, like, uh, you know, I think the first one came out, like, right in the middle of uh, Obama's term. And then the uh, the second one came out uh, after Obama was leaving office, and that was in very touching times. So I, I don't think it would be a touching. I think it would be tremendous, perfect timing for Air Force One Two to come out, especially in transitioning phases of you know our American politics, the system we have here in the country. So I mean, I just wanted to touch on that. The next one I want to get into um, uh, the Fifth Element, guys. 
it's it's one of my all-time favorites. I can watch it's it's one of those movies, Joseph, where you can watch this movie like over and over and over. Now, the fifth element, guys, with Bruce Willis and uh Chris Tucker. A lot of people don't remember. Yeah, Chris Tucker was in that movie. He played yeah. a um some kind of uh what was that role, Joseph? I almost like a drag queen, right? Yeah, he was kind of a TikTok celebrity of the day before TikTok. He yeah. Yeah, he was a social media celebrity before there was such a thing. Yeah, yeah, he was running around with like, you know, uh other other kind of drag type of people, you know, uh, uh that big guy, I forgot his name that was behind him. He was like kind of muscular. He was in a lot of movies. Oh shit, I forgot his name. But yeah, he he played that he played that type of role where, you know, he was almost like a um uh he had the persona of like a lady gaga almost in a way and yeah. it was weird for chris tucker to play that role yeah yeah he was he was there as part comedic foil and his role was again as a a celebrity on board this floating uh uh cruise ship this cruise spaceship uh reporting to the masses live snippets from the voyage yeah yeah they I, they took that from that they stole that concept and uh I, I i seen that right away i'm like damn it they stole the concept but hey, it worked for them you know uh but guys this this film here it, a lot of people don't realize this joseph was a french science fiction film okay i didn't know that until like just recently somebody told me there was a french science fiction like what like and then i had to read the history about this uh, literally, uh, there was a, uh, a original, uh, movie set back in like, uh, the sixties, early seventies, uh, similar to the fifth element, but they had a different name. Uh, it was all in French. I, I, I couldn't even tell you cause I don't speak French obviously, but, um, it was, it was a similar plot. It was a similar story. It was taking place in the future where this, uh, you know, broken down, uh, French cab driver uh won uh, a ticket uh like if he was going to like disneyland or something to some type of fantasy island but instead of going to a fantasy island he was going to uh you know another planet on a uh luxurious um spacecraft and yeah. that's how it took place now yeah. this film it, it won special effects and visual effects now that was hard to do. Again, another movie, Joseph, taking place in the mid to late nineties, getting all these awards. You know? Yeah, and I think again, now this is something else to don't hold me to, but I'm pretty sure this was based on a writing by Philip K. Dick, one of my favorite sci-fi writers of all time. He he wrote a lot of uh, he novels and, and a lot of short stories like Minority Report that became movies and uh, the Adjustment Bureau, which is about shadowy men in black who wear, you know, hats. Uh, uh, a great writer uh, who produced a lot of great stuff that turned into great movies like The Fifth Element. That is one of my favorites too, Minority Report the Adjustment Bureau, and I 
think he may have even been the writer of Blade Runner. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't look that up prior to the show. Uh, even though I knew you were bringing up the fifth element, it didn't dawn on me to look up and confirm Philip K. Dick as the the author of, of uh, the original author that those were based on, that that was well, based on or not. Yeah, well, the movie was directed by Lou Benson, uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous, tremendous author, uh, uh, writer and director. Uh, he wrote the movie and also directed the movie. Uh, not a, not a lot of uh, movies were directed by Luke Benson. A lot of people don't, you know, they don't recognize his work. Um, again, he was another uh, another director that kind of had a lot of great movies in in, in the start of his career, but uh, kind of went south a little bit uh, towards you know the early to mid two thousands. I think he came out with something at, in two thousand four, but it really. It really didn't go uh, mainstream, Joseph. It kind of, it was kind of like a, um, what do you call those movies today? A lot of, a lot of directors are doing it today, especially in today's times where everything has become more uh, digitalized and 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 more of a streaming type of scenario where they don't go to the big screen, they don't go to main mainstream and stuff like that. It goes right to uh, right to an app, whether it's Hulu, Netflix, or you know HBO or Amazon Prime. Uh, a lot of movies you see that go into that panel because it's 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 cheaper, especially in today's times. You know, with the inflation and budgeting and everything, it's affecting Hollywood. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned the changing of the times. I didn't write these down or mention them before, but you brought to mind a couple. A, a, a movie with Susan Day from the seventies because where you, you mentioned CGI. Nowadays, they can literally insert whole casts of characters like they did for the movie 300 with Gerard Butler also. But the movie with Susan Day was called Looker, and it was about digitally replacing actors and actresses in films. And then there's also the other one with the hoo guy. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, Simone is spelled S. One M zero and E one and zero as in digital Simone about a digitally uh, a purely digital actress because huh. the director is tired of working with these you know these prissy uh, high maintenance actors and actresses so a guy gives him Simone which is a digital actress. And he makes movies inserting this digital actress and all these people pretending they've known Simone and they've met Simone, you know, all the Hollywood fakeness. Great movie. And it, it's the future. In the future, yeah. you will see Elvis or Tupac or whomever in a movie digitally created. Yeah, yeah. I see, I, I've seen, um, you know, Production studios and stuff like that uh, go to the uh, the editing uh, CGI. Uh, we've seen it come out uh, just quite recently. Uh, quite recently, uh, if anybody paid attention to the uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, right? Yeah. Um, where they actually added the character that's that's no longer here. He he Harold, passed Harold away. Harold Ramis, yeah, Harold Ramis. Yes, he yes. Uh, added uh, again. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! But 
Ghostbusters Aftermath is a great partial reboot, partial remake, partial true sequel. Uh, kind of uh, like, know, you know, yeah, where it ties the whole thing together, the whole story yeah, Joe, together. I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you added in that 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 reboot because I I'm glad that they. They decided to do that reboot for Ghostbusters because when they came out with, and this is my personal opinion, folks. I may have some haters that don't want to agree with me on this, but that's I know okay. Where you're going with this? Yeah, when they did that female version of Ghostbusters, I think they ruined the the freaking franchise. If you ask me, you know. Yeah, thankfully, aftermath brings back the glory of the franchise. But yes, it does. It does because the women. And don't get me wrong, you know, don't get me wrong. There, there, there were some, you know, cameos, you know, from the first two uh, Ghostbuster movies, right? There were. They put some cameos in, but you know, they, they, they destroyed the franchise. I think, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. After twenty something years, you're gonna come out with another uh, story plot for this movie, a female version of Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. what are you gonna say? They're the nieces of. That's what they did, uh, Joseph. They they yeah. they didn't say it, but they pretty much gave. Like, if you paid attention to the characters. Hey guys, what's going on? Michael Gardner here from Savage Unfiltered. Guys, I just want to make a quick reminder, guys. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank uh, the listeners uh, worldwide uh, for tuning in to this past week's episodes we had with Branch Isolay earlier this week. Tremendous, tremendous feedback off that show. Thank you. Uh, the show is climbing in views and downloads, so thank you to my audience in obviously the United States. Thank you very much here at home. Uh, thank you to my Ireland audience. Very well most uh, appreciated to the Ireland uh, crowd out there. Thank you to Switzerland and our friends up north in Canada. Thank you very much for tuning into that episode. Well, uh, and just the words can't explain it, guys. I also want to say thank you to uh, the listeners that tuned in yesterday uh, with my friend Joseph M. Leonard, the author of Terror Strikes, coming to a city near you. Uh, getting really, really good views for that episode. I want to thank you guys for tuning into that. And the, the views are still climbing uh, as we speak. Uh, guys, I do want to um, remind the folks that we are doing an episode uh, shortly here. The recording will be sh- Starting in about 10, 15 minutes uh, with our good friend Joseph. We're going to be touching on movies, past, present, and Emails in uh, those movies justice by putting yeah. them in this situation. Well, well, the jo- the Ghostbusters movie, the female version, you know, it, it was a fucking joke. I mean, it tanked at the box office. Uh, you know, uh, even people that, you know, the people that work for the production, uh, you know, they it was the same production company as the first two Ghostbuster movies. Uh, they even said, like, what a fucking mistake we made. Like, they've wasted so much money in making this film, right? The film, like, literally, it, did, it, it didn't do what they expected it would do because they were like, oh, let's make a female version of it, you know, and everything else. Thank God, what was it, like, maybe eight, ten years later, uh, just shortly, right? I think it was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, it came out with uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's been a year and a half already, folks. Yeah, um, you know, thank God they did this and and they saved the franchise because 
you know, Joseph, I grew up off of Ghostbusters. I had Ghostbuster lunchboxes, Ghostbusters uh, uh, breakfast cereal. I had the lunchbox. I had the uh, the comforter set. I mean, literally pajamas. I grew up off of that shit. And then to do this, it's like a slap in the face, whoever, you know, grew up off of that type of, uh, you know, stuff, you know? Yeah. Now, a woke female empowerment uh, version that worked was the Charlie's Angels franchise, where Charlie all of a sudden had to also be female, too. That was wokeism. But the Charlie's Angels films were good. Hmm. Yeah, they were. They were They were good. They, um, uh, you know, yeah, Drew Barrymore, uh, you know, she, she had some good roles, you know, in, in, in those series of movies. Um, speaking of Drew Barrymore, um, did phenomenal. She, she seems to do very well when she works with, uh, comedian Adam Sandler. I, I uh, was, you didn't, I, if you didn't mention it, I was going to, a wedding singer, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's the chemistry behind them. They 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 work so well, and I think that's what you know makes a great movie is is chemistry. You have to make it look like these two people have known each other for years. That's the type of language behind a movie. That's the type of magic that you're creating for your audience, the the viewers that are going to be watching it for years and years to come. You know, they want to say when they look at a movie. The, the, even the producers behind it, the directors, the writers, the executives, right? They want to look at a movie like this movie is going to be talked about for the next 50 to 100 years from now. You know, and I think that's what sets a movie. Now, sure, there have been movies like, you know, like, what the fuck did they come up with? Like, like what the hell were they smoking? Like some of these <laughs> movies. Like, I want to get into some really stupid movies before I go into my third, third all-time favorite here. Some stupid movies, Joseph, like uh, Rick Moranis, right, with the plant, right, the, the angry plant, <laughs> Little yeah. Shop of Horrors. That no, was the low. That was based on the play. The play did so well, they thought the movie would sell. And yeah, it. although it has a cult following, Little Shop of Horrors has a cult a weird film nor cult following as does the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So there's yeah. that. Like, I agree with you. It, it was really a bad movie. <laughs> they tried mimicking off of Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show. There was some mimicking in there. And you know what they tried to do, Joseph? They tried to take a Broadway play because it all started off as a Broadway play, right? They tried yeah. to take a Broadway play and turn it into a movie. Just like they did with Rocky Horror Picture Show. They try to take, and that's what ruins movies. You take a Broadway show and you try to turn it into a movie, it doesn't work. It has a different type of uh, analogy, excuse me, into it. You know, a different type of story play. Uh, Trust me, folks. uh, Here's a note to producers here. Maybe I'll get a producer or or a writer or a, uh, a director that listens to this one episode. Here's a word of advice, okay, as a podcast hosts okay and you're probably going to say what the hell does he know he does podcasting how the hell does he know also a consumer of movies yeah Yeah, exactly but let me say it as a podcast host because not only as a as i am a podcast host uh i help mackenzie here on the show we do the editing as a team okay 
as an editor, as a host, as a producer, as this and that, please, if it works for Broadway, keep it for Broadway. Do not ruin the franchise of that type of play and try to bring it into movie play. It doesn't work. It's two different types of ball games. They ruined Little Shop of Horrors. They ruined Rocky Horror Picture Show. What else did they come out with? They came out with some stupid movies along the way. Oh, um, they did the uh, the Little Rascals, right? Where that actually started off as a uh, TV show. Then it went into a, a little small little Broadway play back in the 40s up in New York City. And then along the years, they did like these little movies and stuff. Another, another uh, franchise ruined. But I, I, uh, yeah, I tell well, you. They hang their hat on the success of The Odd Couple, which was a play turned uh, TV series. And did go on to be a successful movie. But again, there are exceptions to every rule. But I would agree with you as a rule, trying to move something from Broadway to the screen doesn't translate very well. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I want to get into the, dig into this last movie here, um, Joseph, with this. Um, now, this movie, folks. Um, I'm going to get into sometimes uh, with books, okay? Because sometimes now uh, you're going to be like, oh, Mike is uh, is becoming a hypocrite now because he just said that if you take a Broadway play and you turn it into a movie, you can ruin the Broadway play and also ruin the movie. Yes, I agree with that concept. But here's my concept on books. Sometimes when you take the book and you turn it into a movie, it does wonders for the franchise. We've seen it. So many different times. Independence Day, Joseph mentioned earlier in the show. Tremendous book. Tremendous movie. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park, another one. We didn't mention that, but Jurassic Park, a phenomenal book. Phenomenal movie. They're coming out with series of it's, – it's, it's, it's been rebranded now, Jurassic Park, uh, where yeah. it's now Jurassic World. I think it's doing wonders for the franchise. Continue – I disagree, on, I disagree on that one. I think the last Jurassic film was disappointed, disappointing. And maybe I was disappointed because I expected too much. Because, again, like with the Scream movie and the uh, Ghostbusters aftermath, they retooled, partially rebooted, but kept ties to the originals. And they brought all the characters together in The Last Jurassic. And I just didn't think it worked as well. It was basically just a remake of the original film with all the characters back. So I was kind of disappointed well, on that well, one. But. Yeah, well, Joseph, here's the difference here. This is my personal opinion, folks. Uh, you know, I think the difference between rebranding and rebooting is two different things. You know, rebooting is 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 good on some levels. Uh, just don't tweak it too much. Keep the original story plot, um, but just you know, possibly if you want to add some extra additional characters that you haven't seen in the first couple of uh, of uh, parts, right? Go ahead. We've seen it. Uh, they they they've done it tremendously with uh you know uh, the first couple of installments of um back to the future right we've seen some characters where they you know went to the 50s and they went to the wild west and they went to the future 2015 uh that worked great don't tweak it out too much with the with uh with uh with the reboots and stuff like that you can add different characters now the rebranding right with with this jurassic park right 
That works, uh, Joseph, I think. And the reason why it works is because we understand what happened in the first couple of Jurassic Park movies, right? John Hammond, the 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 founder of Jurassic Park, right? The 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 pretty much the god of of, of recreating uh, dinosaurs. We understand what his what his intentions were. He kind of let it went to his head too much, and look what happened. The damn dinosaurs terrified people, and they ate people, and they fucking uh, ate the guy that was shitting on the toilet in the uh and and the and the T Rex. <laughs> We understand things happen. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park worked for the first couple. Okay. Case closed. End that and then rebrand it. We want to see more of it. Okay. What the rebranding part here, Joseph, and I'll be quick because I want to get into this next uh, movie here. The, 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 the rebranding part works, and I can tell you why it works. Okay. We see what happened with Jurassic Park. Okay. It was a science experiment gone wrong. They thought that by bringing back millions upon millions of dinosaurs that that were that have been extinct for millions of years, okay, they thought by bringing them back they can control them. Well, you, first of all, you can't control an animal that you really don't know nothing about because we weren't really around when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. So we understand that they let science get to their head. So. Close that franchise. We understand. Uh, basically, the author and director of that of that movie understood it. Uh, they really couldn't go anywhere with Jurassic Park. It ended pretty much right at like the second, third part of the uh, of the of the series. So that's why they came out with Jurassic World. They had to rebrand it to continue the story. The reason why they had to rebrand it is because those films did tremendous at the box office, dominating the box office. Hundreds of millions of dollars were made with those films. So I had to, I just had to put a quick, uh, quick little uh, rebuttal against your, uh, your statement there. Savage. Yeah, well, I, I can understand that, and yeah, the, the temptation, of course, is to if something worked once, see if it works again. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, if you're going to make a billion dollars off one, then you know. You, there's usually diminishing returns over time, uh, but uh, they they remain successful. And it's like Planet of the Apes. The original one did so well off of the uh, Brulee book. I can't remember his first name. I, my ex-wife bought me an original copy of, of the Planet of the Apes book. I have it around here somewhere. But then as you do more uh in like with the Jurassic there's more and more done in the in the computer lab you can cut costs with each film you, yeah. you know so e even if you make less at the box office you're still profiting as equally with those and franchises I which is again like Indiana Jones we mentioned why they made so many of those yeah, and I think that's what um, I think what that's what the editing team is starting to find out now, especially uh, you know, twenty first century of uh, the Hollywood industry, where they really don't have to edit a lot like they used to in the in the early to mid nineties. You know, there was, yes, folks, there was CGI in the mid to early nineties of Hollywood films, but they were editing. They were spending so much freaking money with the CGI editing. Uh, now now they can just shoot a movie. Right. Like they've done 
like they've always done, shoot a regular movie and it's it's regular format. And then you can basically, like Joseph said, go right into the computer system and put all the CGI editing in. We do it here on the show. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, when we were doing video production, which we're going to go back to, I'm, I'm going to bring that segment in sometime in the show before we close it out here. Uh, when we were doing video production here on the show, uh, it was so easy to add in the CGI, the overlays, um, the special uh, uh special effects, the sound effects into it. Um, you know, we do now at, we're going back to the original format with, um, with audio. Uh, so we're adding after the recording here with Joseph and I, uh, we add uh, Mackenzie and I, we add a tremendous amount of uh, editing with audio. We take out segments that, you know, that don't work. We flip flop them. Sometimes there's little glitches of audio glitches. Hey, it's connection issues. Sometimes we have to uh, cut like a second or two seconds out and then, kind of redo it again. So yes, there's editing involved, even in audio. And I think that's what's great about it, especially today's times where you can do a whole segment, Joseph, and then just cut it right out, you know? Yep. Yep. And and an odd film I want to throw in, uh, in case if we don't have time later, is most people today weren't around during the uh, silent film era. And, uh, you know, as an art, uh, the Buster Keaton movies that had to be all visual because it was, you know, they added music, but there was no talking. So I highly recommend a modern film called The Artist, but it's about mm. a silent star trying to remain relevant in the talkies age and it gives you a great sense of historical perspective historical fiction i'm big on combining history and reality or faction as i call it in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you but the artist starts off silent with subtitles and music in black and white and then progresses to color and sound fantastic yeah. fantastic oh, to give you fantastic. a sense of what life was like then versus now you know uh if you're a film buff uh, who uh, you know really likes the ins and outs and the art of movie making you must see the artist yeah, I, I, I've seen it. It's it's a tremendous film here. Um, I want to get into this film here. I kind of sidetracked a little bit here with the Jurassic uh, Park and Jurassic World movies. <laughs> um, Joseph got me on a uh, on a topic here of the show here. I normally don't touch uh, anything with music, movies or anything like that, uh, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm always open to try different topics to, you know, keep the uh, audience engaged. I want to get into my third film here, my, my third all-time film. Okay, it was a book uh, from uh, based on the 1992 novel by P.D. James. Um, wrote a lot of great novels, P.D. James. I'm a big fan of his work. Um, now, the, the, the original story uh, was written in 1992. But the movie, this movie here, Children of Men, Okay, came out in 2006. Now, 
They waited a long time, almost uh, roughly almost uh, what uh, a little shy of uh, of uh, 20 years, actually, uh, believe it or not. A uh, little less, maybe, well, excuse me, my math is correct. A little less than 15 years, excuse me, to, to create a movie of this. Okay, and I, I told you my passion about books. Uh, usually when a book becomes a movie, it, it does wonders for the franchise or the actual title of the book. Now, Children of Men, it's a, it's a, it's a sci-fi film um, directed by uh, Alfonso Cuaron, a tremendous uh, director. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, now, this film, guys, he, he, he won a lot of awards, uh, best in CGI effects, uh, tremendous CGI effects, a lot of like warfare type of scenarios. And he won an award for screenplay, awesome screenplay done by the main actor of the movie, Clive Owen, which I'm a big fan of Clive Owen. I like his work. I like his demeanor. And I like everything about this, uh, this direct, uh, excuse me, this, this actor. Now, this movie, folks, if you're not well aware of it, uh, Joseph's aware of it. He's told me it's one of his favorites, too. It's based in a world in the future uh, where kind of similar to what we're kind of going right now in politics. If we don't you know, pay attention and we, uh, we're not careful of how we vote in uh, the correct leadership here, uh, it's based in a futuristic world Okay, where we're not allowed to have any children. Okay, and if you're caught having children, the children become a pretty much a political prisoner. Okay, and they're they're sent into basic prison, and you're and you're taken away from those those children. Now, uh, I see this movie, and it starts off Joseph right where at the beginning of the movie, the woman uh, is coming out of like a coffee shop somewhere in London. And she gets her, 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 her fucking arm like blown right off. <laughs> Oof. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, shocking openers uh, are, are, are meant to grab people's attention. And my storm chapter, my first chapter, uh, is also meant to be a shocker and a grabber and a lure you in and yeah you know if there's any producers or directors out there terror strikes coming soon to city near you is available for screen adaptation <laughs> yeah and you know one of the reasons why i like children of men and i saved it for the last segment here of the show is like i said it, it basically it's 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 a movie to represent what could happen to the future. Now, yeah, this I, I think in part that that book was inspired since we're kind of back to politics, the China one child policy. And I was that author, yeah, that author then took it to the next extreme. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the movie, you know, fast forward, you know, she's racing through uh, this corrupted because uh, the main movie is basically shot in England. Some of it's shot uh, the European continent, but a lot of it's shot in England, where England is basically uh, a radicalized uh, uh, country. Right. Uh, and, and they're joined uh, by uh, literally a, a world order. Uh, literally, folks, there's the, the presidents are all joined by one, 
we're not in war with one another anymore. Uh, we're basically a one world system where every president is basically kind of, and this is going to kind of sound strange, but morphed into as, as, as one person and all the governments work for one another. And this woman is like racing through the entire movie with Clive Owen. Uh, she had a baby, you know, every government in the world doesn't know about it. She's trying to keep it a secret and she's using this as to try to go to the other end of the world to try to get her word out saying that, you know what, I did it. You can too. Let's fight back and bring back our original formula of, you know, of law, you know, and it's a tremendous movie. And it's one of those movies that you can watch over and over and over. Yeah. Children of Men is, is kind of an Orwellian type. Eight, 1984 Animal Farm, uh, Atlas Shrugged, bucking the uh, the system sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, things get too dystopian and go too far and people needing to fight back. And again, like I say, I, I, and good writers do this. Good creative people do this. They, they take something like, and like I think Orwell took out of his time to to pen 1984 and Animal Farm, projecting ahead events of the time to the extreme they could go to, and him projecting the extreme of the China one-child policy to the extreme to make Children of Men what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a tremendous movie. I. I'd really be happy if they added a uh, Children of Men Part Two uh, in the making because I, at the end, they give you that that little teaser um, that you know they could be setting up for a Children of Men too, and it's been almost almost what uh, going on, but twenty six no, twenty two years right since the first one. So yeah, yeah, they always. And and that's the thing with the the uh, book to film is a book usually covers a lot more and a movie. That's why people love to if they haven't read the book, will go back and read a book that they've seen a movie they've liked to see what all else is in the book because often they can't squeeze everything from a book or especially if it's a series of books into one 90-minute film. So you could take just certain aspects of the book and expound upon them in the film adaptation. And, uh, uh, you know, so that's why books are such a fertile ground for movies because they don't have to make the whole book. There can just be part of a book they really like and turn that into an expansion of just that sub theme from the book. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 a tremendous uh, inspiration. They take these and and they just bring them into into play. Um, guys, we're about to close it off here, but I got to make a quick announcement here. Um, I kind of gave you that that announcement just uh, briefly into the show. Uh, we do plan on going back to video podcasting. I'm getting a lot of comments. Uh, I even got a comment uh, off the show here from Joseph. Uh, you know, when are we going to go back to video podcasting? 
Uh, well, Joseph and the fans and the viewers out here of the show, uh, we will be going back. Um, I want to make a huge announcement. I was going to save it for Sunday, but um, I don't want anybody waiting because I, I don't like waiting. Uh, it's just me. Um, we're going to be going back to video podcasting right after the new year. Uh, the reason for that is um, uh, due to the uh, the pandemic and budget cutting and everything else. Um, I mean, we've had to do some budget cutting here on the show. Uh, everything is just it's, a, it's costly. I'm going to I'm going to admit that on the show, uh, you know, with our good friends of Restream. I love your Restream. Uh, it's Nothing against you, just taking a break from you. That's all. <laughs> but uh, we're going back uh, after the new year. Uh, Mackenzie and I are working on a very, very special backdrop for the show. Uh, wait till you see this, guys. Uh, we got like maybe 30% done, right? Thirty, Yeah, 30% done. Uh, we have one backdrop done. Uh, we're going to do a couple more. Um, more better than the original formula of just one backdrop that we had. Uh, we're going to have uh, about three backdrops. Uh, we have one. We have to do two more, and we're going to add some special lighting in. Uh, we wanted to add special lighting in the first merry-go-round when we were doing video podcasting, but we just thought it wasn't right at the, at that time. So we're going to do some special lighting. We're going to do some more uh, special effects. Uh, but right after the new year, we'll be back to video podcasting. So you're going to want to check that out right after the yeah, new year. I'm glad because we're, you know, a lot we're in a visual age now i mean again people are uh, with TikTok and everything people are really individual and you know it adds a whole other aspect to your show that way it gives a horror genre element with mine and your ugly mugs people get to see us you know? <laughs> yeah and i think i think yeah i think joseph has a point because you know for the folks that have been following me on tiktok i want to thank tiktok actually i never thought we'd be approaching uh we're almost approaching two thousand followers so i want to thank tiktok and uh we've done that folks in uh less than two months uh, two months we signed up for TikTok and uh, we're at like 1,798 followers. So thank you very much for the people for following us. Thank you for taking your time and your busy schedule wherever you may live uh, in the United States and also the world. I've noticed some following coming in from UK and all over the world. So thank you very much. We put, put out amazing content on TikTok, amazing graphics, amazing sound effects, everything. So um, I think that's what's opening us up back over to uh, video, uh, Joseph, is the TikTok. Yeah. Because what we'll yeah. is that? TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is one of the few social media platforms I'm not on. I, I signed up for Instagram ages ago, never really used it. But since the book came out, I've started using it. And so, yeah, I, I'm building a bit of a following on Instagram there, too, now like you're doing with TikTok to help promote your show. I use Instagram and the other social medias to promote my book. And since you gave breaking news, I will give an exclusive to Savage Unfiltered audience. I okay. be, I used to write for Red State, redstate.com. I am now joining the Liberty Beacon team, which is kind of like a Red State. It's a you know conservative patriots author. So starting Sunday, September the 11th, my first piece about originalist federalists will be up at the libertybeacon.com as I'm happy and proud to announce it exclusively. First time hearing it is the Savaged Unfiltered audience. 
on joining the LibertyBeacon.com. Wow, that's such tremendous. A round of applause. I mean, wow, you know, that's oh, that's 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 a success right there, Joseph. You're moving up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 awesome, guys. Uh, you heard it from the author and writer of Terror Strikes coming to a city near you, Joseph M. Leonard. Um, he's not only does he have a tremendous book out, okay, but you know, he's creating an an, uh, an exceptional um, platform for his book and, and and for his content and material. So that's good stuff, Joseph. I'm glad that um, you made that announcement on the uh, on the podcast today, and you know, and 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 the world here listening. Uh, so I mean, that's that's great. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. thank you. And before we close it off, I, I did have a couple on my list. I'll just rapid fire them out there in closing that we didn't get to. Capricorn, okay. Capricorn One, a great '70s film based on the moon landing hoax uh, theory, but takes place on Mars. Capricorn One, great sci-fi film. Failsafe with Henry Fonda, the classic nuclear standoff movie, fantastic. Millennium, another great sci-fi movie. We've talked a lot about sci-fi today. Uh, starring Chris Christopherson and Cheryl Ladd, uh, Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed, another great documentary film. That's from Ben Stein. Most people will recognize that. A hilarious movie of, with my weird brand of humor, Ben Stiller's Zoolander film. Love that oh, film. Yeah. The Terminator series. Loved every film, and I know... They like to give Amelia Clark a hard time. I thought she did a fantastic job in the Terminator film she was in. A couple Christian films, my two favorite Christian made films, uh, uh, aside from Beyond the Mask, which is the Kendrick's Christian Studios, is Risen, which is about the uh, persecution of Christ through the eyes of the Roman soldier. Fantastic, unique perspective risen must see mm. and a great comedy called the resurrection of gavin stone it's not your traditional christian book like uh, a film like my book is a christian book but obviously it's about being about terrorism it's not your normal fluffy kind of christian book neither is the resurrection of gavin stone it's meant to present christianity seriously but through some humor. It's great. Yeah. A criminal out on parole has to do community service. He does it as a, at a church. So he plays Christ in the church play. And it is fun. It is hilarious. And, and an odd aside, Blumhouse Studios was involved yeah. with the Christian Studios. You'll recognize Blumhouse that did The Purge and the weird Fantasy Island remake. They do a lot of weird, dark films, uh, but they wanted a lighthearted film, so they teamed up with a Christian studio to help bring the resurrection of David Stone. Highly recommend that film. Great stuff, Joseph. And I, I'm going to close this out here with uh, with some some announcements here as we close it out here, guys. Uh, join us tomorrow. Um, Soslin, uh, my co-host here on the show, will be joining us back on the show. Um, we've got, got some major announcements coming from him. 
Uh, he's been a busy man this week. We've said it yesterday. He's been doing some uh, conferences and some hearings uh, uh, between back and forth from Chicago to D.C. up to Boston, all over the place. So Sauce is, Sauce is going to be back uh, from a busy week. Uh, guys, so, so tomorrow on the show, uh, we're going to be doing an episode uh, featuring uh, the life and death of uh, the, the late Queen Elizabeth II. Gonna want to tune into that show. Um, just literally came up with that topic uh, this morning before we brought Joseph uh, on the air and on the panel here on Anchor FM. Uh, so you're gonna want to tune out to that, guys, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, that show should be launched by six, seven p.m. Hopefully, right? Hopefully, we can only hope. Um, sorry about the late launching last night for yesterday's launching here with Joseph and I. There was a lot of podcasts. Uh, episodes and shows that had to be launched we heard from anchor fm so uh we try to get it out there it's just depending on the timing you know there's always new shows coming on there's thousands of them now um and then sunday guys uh we have the first show uh with the therapy twins joan and jane they'll be joining us um that should be a rather interesting conversation um and then we're going to be doing a special special show uh honoring the 21st anniversary of 911 uh with myself uh Joseph here Jimmy the Rant and Soslin Timison all four of us will be on that panel it should be a very very special show uh, also two guys we were supposed to have a show uh with an author uh Jen Parker uh sadly uh she had canceled okay um I did make an announcement yesterday on the show in the recording, but we cut that. If you guys noticed that, I'm sure Joseph noticed that. Well, I can't say you guys noticed it because you guys weren't part of the recording, but I'm sure Joseph noticed that as he was listening to the show. We cut that out of the original recording yesterday because um, that came to me uh, literally in the middle of the conversation I had with Joseph while we were recording. Uh, Mackenzie was kind of just writing down the notation as we were getting the email in from uh, Ms. Jen Parker. Uh, but sadly, she had to cancel. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, guys, uh, you know, I, I'm i going to admit uh, I, I can be intimidating. I, I can be a podcast host that may fit your uh, your 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 content or your material or, or it may not fit. And I get it. And if it doesn't fit, I respect it. Okay. I'm not going to hissy fit on this show. I'm not going to pout like a baby. I'm not going to throw shit across the floor and yell and scream and carry to the cows come home. I'm not that type of person. Why? Because I'm a man. I'm not a little boy. So I respect you, Miss Parker. Thank you for the email. I just want to put it out there. if She is listening. So we did have to cancel her off on the 15th. So she will not be on the show on the 15th. We got some really good, exciting shows coming up, which I will make an announcement. Uh, they're a little into the week after the 11th. So we got some really good shows. Uh, really, really good shows. Um, actually have a, uh, an actress and an, um, an actor coming on the show. I can tell you that. And we also have a, uh, two political candidates coming on the show in the middle of the month. I'm not telling you who, <laughs> Hint, hint. So, <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to give a shout out to Mackenzie and, and mention to her. Now, obviously, she can cut anything and everything you say, but everything I say is way too important to be cut. Huh? Now, yes, <laughs> that's a joke, people. That's a joke. You know, <laughs> as serious as everything is, 
we got to keep a sense of humor. And in one of the reasons why uh, I'm happy to join Savage Unfiltered and Michael today to talk about a lighter subject, movies, we, we can't be in the serious stuff 24-7 or we'll be curled up in a ball in a fetal position crying all the time. Yeah. I agree, Joseph. I agree. And I think it was a tremendous idea that Joseph brought up yesterday in the show. Um, something that I've been even thinking about. I'm not just saying this, guys. I've been actually thinking about doing a lot of other topics other than politics. No, folks, I'm not stepping aside from politics. I said it once. I'll say it before. I sweat politics 24 hours a day. Uh, that's just who I am. I I've had a huge interest in politics since I was a, a little boy, and I'm going to continue doing politics until I can't do politics anymore. And I hope that this show grows until I'm like 70, 80 years old, and I, you know, <laughs> hopefully my last breath, my literally won't be able to do video then because you'll be old, wrinkly, and gray. But yeah, you you make the point. You need to take an intellectual break from politics every once in a while <laughs> yeah yeah i i do and, and and i'm already getting gray as it is uh right now joseph so thank you for the reminder yes i i, I need just for men but i'm not going to be doing that but guys <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm cracking joseph up here but guys i'm going to close it out here i i i want to thank joseph once again for coming on the panel up uh, uh, to about an hour and 30 minutes, but it's really like an hour and 15 minutes because we got to cut 15 minutes of the first part of the conversation. <laughs> I always talk to my guests or my, my panelists or, you know, co-hosts like before the show. We have like a little digital green room that we create before the show, uh, which actually, too, thank you, Mackenzie, for, for literally like passing the notes over uh, as I'm talking. The sound effects probably you can hear. Um uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're actually going to be creating a, uh, a blooper reel. Uh, when that's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, we're still thinking of, of concepts and ideas of how we're going to bring into it. Uh, you know, I'm a person that loves intro music. Uh, each show I have an intro music, whether it's Savage Unfiltered or my bonus shows, The Savage Brief. I love the intro music. So we're going to come up with an intro song to this it's it's we have it we have the name it's going to be called Savage Blooper Reel, uh, oh, but I'm going to have yeah I Joseph I'm going I to love that idea that is a great idea again a little bit of fun and frolic and uh, not only keeping a sense of humor but being able to laugh at ourselves also yeah it's it's uh, we were going to put it on the premium uh, section of Spotify but you know what folks. You guys don't need to pay for it. We're going to keep it free. How's that, guys? We're going to keep it free. We're not going to charge you a dime. It's going to be part of, like like I said, the digital green room that we always have, the conversations that we always have. I'm literally going to record the episode. I'm not going to edit. I'm not going to cut it. I'm just going to continue it as when we came into the episode, the recording, all the way to the end. So you're going to hear conversations uh, of if it's me, Joseph, Jimmy, uh, Soslin, uh, sometimes I have PJ Agnes, uh, which I'm trying to get back on the show. It's been a while since we've had him on. Uh, anybody, even guests that are just coming into the show for the first time, 
it's going to be the actual conversation. You guys deserve to hear what, what goes on behind the scenes here because it's some of the funniest, like, crap shit that you would have imagined. Some of the stuff that you hear from the conversation that Joseph had when we first started the show out today, it's 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 – it's really comical, but with that being said, guys, I don't want to talk your 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 ear off, your head off here. I, I got to get going. I'm losing words here. I need a glass of water, pro- probably a bottle of beer. Yes, <laughs> Joseph probably needs something over there too. But guys, I'm gonna get going. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to hit that like, that follow button on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you follow us on TikTok because I'm telling you right now, we're putting out some amazing content on that platform. That being said, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care and drop it.